Hello and welcome to Stump Mike Dusra. This is this is a young podcast that that started only about a couple of months ago, but uh, for the second time in in the life in the young life of this podcast, we are recording moments after New Zealand have lost a super over in heartbreaking manner. <laughs> uh joining me as usual uh, this is sadat monga joining me as usual is andrew fidel fernando and this time not from sri lanka but trivandrum is it yeah trivandrum just got in today and what are you doing there and did you get to watch the match no i didn't i was i just took a walk around the trivandrum and i was following it on ball by ball um and yeah in, insane that it's gone to a third super over finish in the space of, I think, six or seven months for New Zealand. Um, and the way that it finished, I saw a tweet afterwards that said, uh, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand lost another super over about one heart. Uh, they must be, they must be A, getting really sick of losing super overs and B, getting really sick of winning hearts and, uh, and not cricket matches. So, uh, I do feel, uh, feel for them. I mean, to go to, to that many close games, one against, uh, two against England, now against India. Um, they must be getting a bit sick of it, and given the recent run of results in Australia as well, just generally getting rid of, of uh, getting sick of losing. Yeah, and this this game was uh, quite unlike the final World Cup final, where everybody was uh, everybody actually had their hearts lost to New Zealand. Here, here New Zealand had themselves to blame at a lot of points. I mean, just imagine they. They got just with Bumrah, like without doubt, the best white ball bowler going around. They they played him so well. They got sixty uh, one runs of his five overs, which includes the super over, and they still and they managed to get into to get it down to two runs required of four balls in the in regulation time, and they still failed to. And they they in, they had India needing ten of the last two balls of the super over, and somehow they found a way to lose this game. Uh, which, which will, which I don't know how Kane Williamson, who played an innings completely out of this world on a low scoring, uh, ground, not a gro- low scoring ground, but in conditions that were low scoring today, he scored at close to 200 runs, uh, strike rate against India, uh, in a, which, which was just a sensational effort with, and the way he managed to score 36 of 16, I think, of Jasprit Bumrah, it's, just almost it's it just feels impossible to do he did this and he's still ended up on the losing side i don't know how he will get himself up and get ready yeah, for yeah but the they're, they're now it, i wonder if it's the team has just like started losing steam because the the way that they lost in in australia wasn't just like minor losses it was like substantial huge they got blown off the park in virtually all three games <laughs> and uh, for such a long time new zealand just were were performing in virtually every series they they might not be winning everything but they were uh, impressing you know so players were coming through uh, if the if the batsmen failed the bowlers would do a job this is across formats uh, and suddenly they've gone through what six losses in a row now and uh, i wonder if it's when a team has had that kind of stretch of of losses and deflating losses whether today's game where even though they dominate uh, key areas, they still meant to find a way to lose. If this is the kind of thing that happens uh, to, to teams that are, that are not used to going through such tough times. Yeah, this is what uh, brings us to the actual topic that we had for this podcast. Uh, 
many a time just uh, just you know just before the start of uh, of the kind of summer that new zealand are having where the they in one summer they were supposed to play england who were i think the number 3 test side at that time australia who were the number 4 test side at that time and india who were the number 1 test side this is a summer in which they're playing all three in one summer which rarely happens with them and then there are a lot of fans who who have this uh, um theory about new zealand that they they just to they sneak up the rankings by doing just about enough against smaller opposition and this is this was the summer when they would be tested i mean we all know this new zealand team starting from around 2000 2000 around 2013 is uh is the if not the best ever new zealand team but it is tied as the best ever new zealand team with the one in the middle mid 80s and they were still not the best team in the world when they started this summer and we knew this summer was going to be a big test for them for people who who bring try to bring them down who this was going to be a summer where they would be tested against the three other best teams in the world and when they went to australia they almost played like the same test again and again in losing every test in four days where the third innings was actually just us waiting for australia to declare every time um and you and i have i've seen a lot of new zealand cricket we know a little bit more about new zealand cricket what do you think what do you make of the assessment that uh, people have that uh, new zealand are great when the competition is of a certain standard and when they are put out against elite excellent sides in a series day in day out that's when their weaknesses start to show their run to the the world cup final i think uh kind of pricks a hole in that theory a little bit because they are a team that constantly performs in the biggest stage that constantly gets to those semifinals into the back end of uh, of global tournaments and so uh it's such an easy and superficial analysis because at times they also do things that some of these bigger teams you know australia go to abu dhabi and the uae uh for example and go absolutely blown away uh several times or at least twice they got blown away and new zealand went there last year and won they come to sri lanka and they do better than some of these other teams that that come to sri lanka and and, and maybe aren't as impressive so these kinds of challenges they went through in bangladesh they uh you know in recently they've been very good so these kinds of challenges they win out uh, and impress more than a lot of the other major teams i'm talking about india england and australia do i i do think that uh against australia there is a huge sort of psychological component because new zealand's never really had a period where they do well against australia and australia is the team that uh a lot of new zealanders at home uh hold as like the, the their biggest rivals and the team and if you, if you're a new zealand team that beats an australian team you're very good uh, it doesn't really matter whether it's cricket or uh, even rugby uh, that used to be the case not so much anymore because the australian uh rugby union team has sort of fallen away a bit but definitely rugby league and cricket uh australia are the team to beat and in cricket new zealand have just just have not quite ever got there to be consistently better than australia and apart from that uh those that 1980s team uh with Richard Hadley uh when Richard Hadley had an amazing series across the Tasman they've never won a test series there and uh i wonder if some of that pressure because this australia team is uh is very good but 
they're yet to sort of prove that, that uh, they're a great team as well. Uh, so it's definitely not the best Australian team we've seen. But it is very close to being the best New Zealand team. And yet there was such a chasm in, in quality as well, such a chasm in ability in that series. Um, and it, it also not held by the fact that they had injuries. So that also has to be mentioned. Yeah. I think the thing that they've always had <clears throat> an issue with, apart from the few Daniel Vittorias, is having a complete attack. So they, uh, although they have Wagner, uh, Saudi and Bolt at the moment, they're still missing that, that other spinner. Uh, and even when Vittori was playing, Vittori didn't have a lot of great fast bowling support. Vittori was, uh, Vittori played in one of the weaker fast bowling units because even though Shane Bond was kind of roughly played during that year, that period, he was uh, often injured. And if Bond wasn't playing the, Vittori was sort of partnering uh, a much weaker attack, fast bowling attack than we've seen. And now New Zealand kind of have the opposite problem where they've got some good fast bowlers, but ones who are a little reliant, apart from Wagner, a little, a little reliant on conditions, on swing and seam, on, on there being something in the air and off the pitch, which they didn't get in Australia. Um, and, but they don't have that extra spin option. And when a pitch starts to take a little bit of turn, they're just not posing enough, uh, varied enough questions, whereas Australia very much did in that, in that series. And the Australians quicks, quicks also outstanding on their own tracks. So, um, I think that's, that was the, the issue for them there. But I think the test coming up against, uh, India in three weeks time, we were going to make this a test, test cricket podcast, by the way. And, uh, and, uh, I, and Monga told me that that was being too elitist. So we're going to touch on one day as, as well and the T20s. But, uh, I'll just want to make this quick point about the test is that it's been a long time since, uh, New Zealand lost a test series at home, uh, going down the steps guru route, route. I think it's, it was, uh, back in 2015 when Australia toured, uh, Brendan McCullum's last test series that they last lost a, a test series. So they haven't lost a home test series under Kane Williamson's captaincy, um, which they have, they kind of have that, uh, the tracks at home down to an art, like their, their wins at home down to an art with, Wagner doing his job so well. Bolt and Saudi are amazing in the first innings. Uh, even, you know, the spinners know what their role is when uh, Mitch Santner plays. He does a good job. Uh, all those kinds of things. Uh, and their batsmen just know how to survive and, and, and play well on green tops. Uh, so maybe I, I wonder also if they've fallen into, um, uh, whether they've become too, too good at playing sort of, Hard conditions and whether they're, whether they're exposed a little bit on flatter decks, um, uh, and against like, the really fast, uh, high quality, you know, pace bowling that we saw from Australia. Uh, that's a, the point about the, the test attack is a, is a very strong point. Uh, every team's, I think the test team's quality depends on the test, on the bowling attack. And the question for New Zealand is, uh, do they have an attack that puts them in contest on most of the conditions that are available in the world, that's the answer to that is not a yes because uh, they they usually the Saudi and Bolt who uh, Saudi and Bolt are mainly around 130 kilometers per hour swing bowlers, which just does not work in Australia. When they come to India, it it becomes a, a a shoot down between spinners where where they obviously lack because. The conditions are not conducive to having match-winning spinners. So that's where in, in South Africa, again, you have to be 140 plus 
to pose a threat consistently uh it's it's when they go to uh, uae sri lanka bangladesh that's where they bring their ultra specialists will somerville's uh, bowlers and uh, will somerville and then get match him with mitch and ajals patel who had who had yes. good tours and, of uh, uae yes. and sri lanka and 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 pakistan and sri lanka are uh, let's admit it are not at their at, at the best of their health in test cricket so it they do they manage to do just about enough which which is no uh, mean feat uh, because those conditions are still challenging but they do just about enough to you know stay within the reach and then if they take it to the last day or on the last innings one inning shoot out they manage to do something on those tours uh and in, uh, we will come to the home series because that's what it will come to now against india and for home series they've got a, a attack that is suited perfectly because uh new zealand pitches are such that on you get help on you get see much swing only on the first two days which is, and saudians um, saudian bolt are very well suited to those conditions in the first innings and they have got great support from Colin de Grandhomme which is who's a very underrated bowler in test cricket and he will definitely test India because Indian batsmen have tended to show weakness against slightly slower swing bowling which will be a test for India again and he at least will do a great holding job and when it comes to and New Zealand condition pitches tend to get flatter as the test match goes on and when it comes to those conditions they need an uncomfortable bowler who will who will ask uncomfortable questions who can bowl long spells of bowling that you don't get to see often uh, in test cricket that's where neil wagner will come in so the, the i'm i expect a much better performance from new zealand in tests yeah so to to move away from this elitist uh, test match only ramble and move to something more immediate um what what are you expecting from uh new zealand in the one days uh because that's what's coming up next we know now that india have locked up the uh, the t20 series i don't think new zealand have played new zealand have played a one day uh, match even since the the world cup final i can't remember them playing uh, a one day uh, what are we what are we expecting from them uh just a quick comment on the t20s before we move on to odis i think uh in they didn't do a lot wrong in these t20s they their the plans against india's batsmen was were good but india india's batting has sort of taken a turn for the positive where they are showing much more intent these days earlier they used to be slightly conservative which is tending to turn and which is why they have been put under a lot of pressure new zealand that is uh will this uh, how will they go into odis odis india will try to play odis as an extension of t20s because uh, they are preparing for the t20 world cup so they will tend to have similar sides they will be slightly less conservative than they are in odis that will pose like an that will pose an interesting uh, challenge for new zealand new zealand again as we know still don't have their first choice team uh, trent bolt is still we don't know when trent bolt will be available we don't know when matt henry will be available um but odi uh, one of the big uh, areas where new zealand were uh, were found wanting in these t20s is the big hitting which sort of gets neutralized a little over 50 overs so i expect a better challenge from new zealand in the odis yeah i mean it's it's a funny thing because i think india still have the uh, have the raw materials to be a better team than new zealand and we saw that last year i think uh when uh, when india toured and they won was it 4-1 um in uh, in new zealand 
and you know both the spinners and 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 the fast bowlers in uh, in the India attack were just all over the New Zealand batsmen if I remember correctly and the one match where uh, it really mattered the World Cup semi-final New Zealand had this uh, amazing stroke of luck where they basically had ideal conditions for their bowlers with um, with overcast conditions in Manchester and it had rained the previous day so the pitch was a bit wet and uh, and Matt Henry and Trent Bolt had the ball and Shikhar Dhawan had had been uh, ousted from the from India's campaign because of injury and all of these things aligned and they took the the small window of opportunity that they had in that match they took it and and broke that game open and they still didn't win by a hell of a lot I mean uh, Jajeda scored that half century and uh, and got India close, but um, but yeah, I, I still think that that India probably are a better team, and on smaller grounds, which they will have in New Zealand, with the kind of hitting that they have, and with the kind of death bowling that they have, um, I think like this is, I, I feel like there's a clear favorite in in the one day uh, on the one day front. Uh, yes, I I think everybody will agree. India have bigger raw material. India uh, have. Uh, I mean, if if somebody were to get injured, you wouldn't have to think twice who will replace somebody in this Indian lineup to go and play in New Zealand. In fact, they are they are becoming such a machine now, that, and their preparation so so good that it, let's say uh, if if I ask you how many players are in Sri Lanka who can you know who can play international cricket uh, if on a short notice. Well, arguably, even the people in the in the top team are they just they've just given up a 113 run lead to Zimbabwe in a Test match. So I'm basically doing this podcast in between sobs. <laughs> so uh, okay, at the best of times, you would say if there was yeah, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to see uh, it's hard to pick an easy replacement. There are, there really aren't that many sort of seasoned players. That you can say, oh, this is a reliable replacement for this guy. But uh, I was getting to some other point where, like any any cricketing nation would think, you know, that there are about forty players or thirty players or thirty five players out of whom we will, out of whom we will look to pick international sides for the next three or four months or five months or six months. So everybody who's in India, if the, if let's say there are like forty such players, they are all in New Zealand. Playing some A series, playing international cricket, uh, or preparing, so they don't even have to arrange for a visa, a flight ticket, or anything. If somebody gets injured, if somebody's out of form, they are just one three-hour coach ride away from that venue. That's how. Uh, that's the level of preparedness India are now uh, employing in going into these overseas tours. So that way, you know, and New Zealand, uh, New Z- Australia, when they came to India. They brought a 14-member squad to play ODI, an ODI series. India had 16 at home. So India can afford anything that they can from outside the 11 players. India have an advantage over everything, over New Zealand in every other aspect coming to this series. It's... Uh, this is where I'm reminded of uh, Ian Smith's comments when... Uh, just before the Australia series started, when we were discussing, when there was a debate whether New- this is the best ever New Zealand side, Andrew McGlashan, uh, who has just moved to Australia last year, asked Insmith this question, and Insmith was not very. Uh, 
he he would say yeah it's he said it's it's touch and go whether it's the best ever team but he's also put in a rider saying enjoy it while this lasts because we don't have the kind of reserves the other teams have let's have a listen into what uh, Ian Smith told Andrew McGlashan that is the reality of New Zealand cricket where they have to you know get the better of lack of resources lack of human resources first of all because the number of people that play cricket in new zealand is uh, very small compared to india yeah. australia or england and, and, and given so that related to that i think there was a story during uh during the australia series where uh jeet raval the the opening batsman uh, he works in in the off season he has to work for uh, for an accounting firm and uh, he's got a sticker on his bat uh, that says you know that that has the name of his accounting firm uh, on it uh, whereas you know Stephen Smith has, for example, I mean, obviously Raval's nowhere near on the league of a of a Smith has a sticker on his back for his multi million dollar mattress company. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if they had to call up a player in the middle of their winter, they'd be they'd probably be calling them up from their day job at uh, places like an accounting firm or uh, at a marketing outfit or something. You know, Jimmy Neesham went and did. Uh, marketing for a few years, uh, and that was not so long ago. That was just a, a couple of years ago. So New Zealand players and the whole system just is not awash with money to have players uh, who are like well trained and and on top of things and netting every day and and working with the best coaches. That just doesn't happen for teams like New Zealand. If we were put, if we were to put the rider of given the resources, I, I'm sure New Zealand like. New Zealand does way better than many of other teams because they make the best of ev- the little resources they have. They they pull out every last inch, every last every last ounce out of the talent they have. Uh, and in many regards, they are they are better than bigger boards like India. I mean, uh, in in some ways, they're already a better system than say India. For example. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you an example. Uh, Ambati Raidu, who, who who went to New Zealand the last time in the 4-1 victory that you mentioned and won India a game from uh, some 30-for-3 kind of situation, which is the exact same situation India had the, in the World Cup semi-final and they couldn't come through. Uh, he was supposed to be India's number four going into the World Cup. Suddenly, just before the World Cup, he's thrown out. He's, he doesn't know what where his future lies. And one fine day, he announces his retirement from all cricket, all uh, official cricket. That is ODIs, tests. Yeah. So he he does that, and nobody knows. Uh, nobody knows. Uh, nobody has from the board has reached out to him to see. Hey, what happened? This is something you've loved. You've given the prime of your life to and why all of a sudden you're are you going out nobody has tried to convince him to come back so he's and you you can imagine what kind of uh, stress or mental state he would have been prior to making the, that decision and after making that decision and on the other hand we have uh, somebody like Jimmy Neesham who or uh, around uh, who in the week between Christmas and New Year's one fine year Wanted to give up the game because he was not enjoying it. He was, was he was in a funk. He he wanted to just get rid of it, this game from. He wanted to get this game out of his life. What does he do? He has a players association, whom he can call and convey this decision. That look, Heath Heath Mills. Look, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel like. Heath Mills says, "Okay, 
yes, I hear you. I know it's difficult, but why don't you just play out your contract with Otago in the coming month, which expires in January or February and February, and let's see, let's see where we go from there. He does that, then they all get together. He this he's he. He goes to a therapist. He he spends a year doing something else, his marketing job, and then he comes back. And everybody has people have at least taken care of his uh, non-cricketing health, which uh, which again maybe because they have no other way. There's no other option because there's no ready replacement for Jimmy Neesham. They are going to value him or. Maybe because it's they just value every uh, it's they've got better systems in place. Uh, uh, it's somewhere it's it's in using in using the the whatever human resources they have in utilizing them in taking care of them. They still do better than a few other boards in the world. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good point about the uh, about taking care of the players. I think New Zealand have one of the most forward-thinking uh, player associations in the world and they their their aim is not just to, to help these cricketers succeed in their cricketing life but just in life in general because it can be quite, especially if you're a batsman, you know, you fail more often than you succeed and it can take a, a toll on mental health. It can, especially if it's not working out for you, especially if you're not making it into the teams that you want to make it into, which is why... Uh, why I think part of why this New Zealand team is what it is and is has the acceptance around the world that they do because they're all sort of well-rounded and well-looked-after people. Uh, they're not just people who are sort of thrown into the deep end and and uh, asked to succeed in a in a cutthroat environment. They are they are quite well supported and do have the tools to make it. You know, even if the, if their cricket life doesn't succeed, they generally get uh, are equipped with the tools to make it. Uh, in other fields so that, you know, when the cricket life isn't or their career is not going so well, uh, they have other things to fall back on. And and the Players Association has really spearheaded that from the sounds of things from uh, not just, just Nishan's story, but many, many other players. Um, Jesse Ryder is another one who the Players Association has done a, has done a lot of work with. Um, and now he's, he's playing, a, he's, you know, uh, involved in cricket as much as he wants to be and, and sort of getting getting out of cricket what he wants to get out of it. Um, I, I think that in terms of actual performance, though, um, do you feel like this is a turning point for this New Zealand team? Because we, we saw them win so many home series and we've got, uh, we've got this, they've got this reputation as being an outstanding outfit, at least at home. Uh, do you think this next series that's coming against India, uh, both the one days and the and the test, is it uh, is is this the point at which we start to think, okay, maybe this this New Zealand outfit is maybe a little bit uh, past it, or there maybe do we ne- then put them in the next tier of teams rather than with the with the top three? Uh, it again comes down to replacements, and because mind you, uh, Bolt and Saudi are closer to their end than to their beginning uh, and this series they will they are not uh, they are not as young and fit and ready as a bumra uh, so this series will be a big test because india will be relentless india will be well prepared so not just winning this series or losing this series it's about if they need a replacement for saudi or bolt uh, in the coming series, who's coming in, what's the quality coming in, 
who will be in the uh, on the bench in this series all that kind of stuff will matter a lot and of course the series and this series is still not i won't still won't say india favorites in this series because new zealand have great experience of playing in these conditions and uh, it's it's very even this any any result uh, uh, is possible in this test series because uh, i mean these days test series are you know you can clear in the lead up of to a test series you can easily pick a winner this this one is going to be very very tight because uh, they are very evenly matched sides here uh, new zealand's experience of these conditions will be quite handy and if they lose do we start questioning them do we start saying hey or if they lose i would say all good things come to an end this was an era but that has lasted 6 years eras in modern cricket don't last 6 years 7 years if they do lose it's it will be up to it will be down to the bowling attacks and it will be up to the uh, a fresh bowler revitalizing this attack when they come in uh to new zealand have that kind of uh, bench strength in smith doesn't think they do let's see what happens yeah also coming towards the end of his career or very close to the end of his career is ross taylor who's uh now the the leading test match run scorer and uh, an absolute batting great for them so there's there's more than just uh bowlers that they need to replace we saw in uh, the australia series tom blundell came in and did a good job at the top of the order um as a replacement for uh, half replacing jitraval uh but taylor in the middle order is going to leave pretty major shoes to fill as well and how many more uh, new zealand summers he's got in him uh remains to be seen I, i don't think he has any he has hinted at at retirement but he's getting to the stage where you know it, it wouldn't be a surprise if uh he announced it you know in uh next series or uh or sometime this year it wouldn't be a huge surprise um yeah they, they've got in terms of bowling replacements they've got Matt Henry there who's done a good job in the in the limited overs format hasn't massively broken into test cricket yet i think he's been pretty short on opportunities as well because Saudi Bolt and Wagner have been quite resilient when it comes to uh to staving off injury and they haven't played a lot of cricket in the last couple of years um but apart from that you don't really if there had been sort of ready made batting replacements we would have seen someone like a raval replaced much earlier raval you know didn't have uh, had a pretty modest test record for the last year and a half um and he was still sort of persisted with we suggest that they don't really have a lot of lot of talent standing out at at the next level down end of an era is uh, is getting a sl- slightly too dramatic but uh it does have this seat side at this point does have the feels that you need one player here one player there to revitalize to be a link between them and the next one to hand down what this team has learned to the next generation and uh no matter what the result in this series is uh they one player here one player there you just need revitalize this squad and carry on the legacy of the last two squads i do think that if they win this test series in particular against india that we will go back to just at least uh maybe considering the australia series a little bit of a blip um and 
suggesting that maybe it was their bowlers being unable to, uh, being too reliant on swing and seeing. The one bowler that did well in Australia was Wagner, who uh, who bowled those short, uncomfortable deliveries and, and got quite a few wickets. I don't think he was the top wicket taker, but he was very close to being the top wicket taker of the series. Um, and, uh, yeah, so if, if they win against India, I think we probably will consider them on par or if not, you know, very close to that 80s team. The only th- thing the 80s team really have over this team is that they beat Australia. I think that's the main thing that New Zealanders especially remember about that 80s side is that they won a, a series in Australia. Also, they won at either end of uh, the West Indies dominance. Uh, they won, I think, the last series against West Indies before West Indies went on to become this unbeatable team. And then they were the first team to beat them at the other end uh, in the late 80s or early 90s. So New Zealand of that era had that going for them as well. Uh, but you suspect also that the players in this era are going to be remembered more. Uh, in, in that era, you know, in, in terms of greats, you had Martin Crow and, and Richard Hadley, whereas now you've got uh, Williamson, Taylor, um, and but probably both both Bolter and Saudi will will go down as uh, as two of New Zealand's greatest as well. So uh, you suspect that this team is packed with more great New Zealand players than any, any other team has. Uh, but we'll see. The next next few weeks will be uh, revealing. Mind you, the Australian team that the eighties New Zealand team beat was a very ordinary Australian team, really still reeling from the retirements of uh, Marsh and Chapel and Lily. Uh, it was not it was not that good a side that they beat. If if this side were to face a side of that quality in Australia today, they would beat it easily. So in the end, I guess I guess we can agree that uh, New Zealand this side has not been the kind of dominating, crushing side that Australia at their best can be, India at their best can be. But they, there is something in their cricket that keeps them from being abysmal at any given time except for the one odd series here or there. Uh, they, they find a way to stay competitive. Uh, they find a way to get the best out of their players, which they're still doing. And this, the, no matter what the result of this series is, it cannot take away from the last six years that six or seven years that this side has. But I guess what what is more important during this series for them is to find and identify a way forward where and be prepared for the eventual retirements of some of the greats in this side. They have they have occasionally been dominant at home, uh, but again, that's probably against the weaker teams. England were a lot more competitive there. Uh, but yeah, New Zealand have a few questions to answer over the next few weeks. Uh, I'm just hoping that it's, it's going to be a close series. And I think given the attack that India have, uh, this is, uh, an outstanding opportunity for them to, to take a series in New Zealand. Uh, but let's hope that it's, uh, it's, it's a close one. Unlike the Australia series. On that note, thanks for joining us. Uh, next week, uh, Srinath Sripath and this team will be back with another uh, edition of the original Stunt Bike. This was Stunt Bike Thank you.